Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. So I am really excited to have my guest with me today, and that is Spencer. Spencer Holt is actually uh, an amazing friend, a wonderful person, and I'm super excited to talk to him today about leadership lessons to live by. How are you, Spencer? I'm doing so well and very excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. I, I just, I really, really appreciate it. So we're, we're going to jump right in. So, I, I mean, we're, what, 14 months into the pandemic, and I don't think we can start you know, stop talking about it because, I mean, there's still so much going on around the pandemic. But my question for you to kick it off is what has been the funnest thing that you have done as a family from a social distance perspective? So we've been in 14 months in this pandemic. I know you have a wonderful family. What's been the funnest thing that you guys have been able to do from a social distance perspective? Well, uh, maybe I'll give two things because it's hard to choose just one. So early on in the pandemic, um, my kids, I've got four kids and they're totally awesome. And we had we had moved. So we moved from uh, England to Pennsylvania. And then like a couple months later, the pandemic hits. And, you know, so we, we hadn't really been around very often long and all our stuff had come. And my kids all of a sudden, remembered that we had this pickleball net and we have kind of a big driveway. And so they totally turned our driveway into a pickleball court. Oh, and cool. so we, <laughs> we have been pickleball maniacs over the pandemic. And I'm now like contemplating doing like, you know, uh, pickleball Olympics with our neighbors now that, you know, things are getting a little bit closed down. So that would be number one. And then the second thing we picked up this game, it's called double ditto. Um, it's a card game. It's totally fun, but we've been playing it online with other family members and um, totally fun. You're, it gets everyone involved socially. So though, if I had to pick two, those would be a pickleball and double ditto online. That's, that's pretty cool. I never heard of double ditto. I did actually learn about pickleball, believe it or not, through the pandemic as well. So someone that I worked with actually told me about it and me and my husband picked up some pick, pickleball paddles and a ball and we've played a few times, but it sounds like you guys are definitely a little bit above where we are, but it is a fun game. It's a very fun game. Listen, I've been told sometimes that I'm overconfident, so I might not even be that good, but in my mind, <laughs> I think I'm good. So you, we could probably play and it'll work out just fine. Okay. Well, we'll have to see about that when um, we're somewhat back to normal. But uh, so Spencer, um, tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so my as you said, my name is Spencer. I am my, I'll start with my purpose because I think that's really important. And I've been really intentional about trying to articulate my purpose. So for me, this might help create who I am. I, you know, I try to, I try to grow myself through learning and experiences. I try to grow my family, which uh, my family is everything. 
And then my, my third purpose is I try to grow the world through intentionally developed leaders. And that's everything that I try to do, every action that I take, every job that I look at or go for or role that I go for um, aligns to that purpose. And that has taken me kind of all over the world. So I, I grew up in Canada um, and, and it's so funny, my, I, you know, my undergrad was in finance, but one of my first books that I read in my undergrad was by Stephen Covey, right? And if you've ever read Seven Highly Habits of Effective People, that kind of got me hooked. And, and so I went from that to being a banker to a small oil and gas company where I thought, you know, at, at 28 years old, I was running this company thinking that I knew all the answers. And as soon as I started, I realized, I don't know anything. Like, this is really hard. Um, I did my master's in adult learning after that to help understand what makes effective leaders. Started with AstraZeneca as a sales rep, became a manager, left AstraZeneca and opened up some restaurants. So I have an entrepreneur uh, um, flavor to me, came back to AstraZeneca. Um, and then I spent five years in England where we looked at, where I helped shape our leader and enterprise development strategies for the organization. And then now I'm back here in, um, in Pennsylvania where I run the commercial learning um, organization for the US and um, in the globe for our company. But most importantly, I'm a husband, I've got four amazing children and um, I'm incredibly fortunate to have them in my life. That's awesome, Spencer. I really loved how you started off, you know, with your purpose, um, because that's actually what my podcast is about, is leading on purpose and people having that clarity around their purpose. So I, I really love how you started off there. And, and then your, your career journey has been outstanding. You have such a diverse background and experiences. And um, and I know that you're a lover of learning. I, I've seen that in you over the years that we've known each other. So really, really awesome. Really awesome. So you mentioned what your current role is. So you have the privilege of working with um, leaders and um, other individuals across the organization, helping them become better in their roles, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's, you know, I love what I get to do. It's helping leaders become more intentional in who they are. And to your point, like the name of your podcast, uh, you know, once you, I think, anchor into your purpose and you might not have it down to a sentence, but you have a North Star that says, I, I get who I'm trying to become and it helps, you know, it impacts my daily decision. It impacts the roles that I'm looking at. It impacts the type of person I'm becoming. I think what happens is we then start to create great organizations. We we create great culture. Um, and so when we can, you know, for me, that's, I love to do that. And uh, I'm very fortunate I get to do it today. So Spencer, I'm sure like wrapped up in the, in your purpose, you have your key values as well. What are, what are your top two to three values? Oh, well, I've got five, like down cold. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I knew so, you had them. I knew it. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's funny. I'll tell you a quick little story. Um, Delivering Happiness is uh, a book by Tony Shea, who, who passed away about a year ago. But he talked about core values. And he wrote, you know, he helped create Zappos, the shoe company. And he did it. He started that company because I wanted a company grounded in values that were unique to the company and that they could live by. And I remember reading that book thinking, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. And my wife and I applied it to our own personal families, but also our, our family values. And so with our kids, we created the whole family core values. And, and so it's been something that has been with us for uh, you know, well over 14 years. So you, 
I digress. You asked me, what are my core values? So for me, I, I'm, I try to be honest in everything that I do. I try to lead with kindness. Um, I try to serve others. I'm a constant learner. And I always try to have fun regardless of the environment or situation. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. And and I love too how you have shared those values or you have your family values as well. So that, that's awesome. So today, you know, we're talking about leadership lessons to live by. How do you define leadership, Spencer? I love this question. So for me, leadership starts with the individuals, right? Leadership is about understanding your core values, your purpose to then help develop others to be amazing and help, you know, and then to get to this place where you guys are, as a leader, you're working towards a common vision and goals. And and so it's that combination of, first of all, and sometimes we forget this as leaders is we sometimes love to tell people what to do and we don't do it ourselves. But leadership is really discovering who you are. And then Liz Wiseman writes this amazing book called Multipliers. Leadership is about discovering the inner genius in others and then helping others work towards a common vision or a common goal, but recognizing great leaders surround themselves with smarter people and they bring out that inner genius in them and they cause this great thing to happen. And they're always, they not only do they always deliver great results and performance, but they develop people and always people are like, I want to be on that team. I want to be on that team. Um, So that was kind of a long winded definition, but um, hopefully that kind of articulated the the thought and meaning. Oh, absolutely. It was perfect. It absolutely did. I, I, there's a couple of things that I'm going to unpack what you said in there. You know, one is uh, around that, you know, leaders look for people that are smarter than them. I think that that's really powerful because sometimes a leader wants to be the smartest one in the room. But we all know that when you get people that are smarter than you and you really take those collective ideas that you're going to be much more successful than as a leader being the smartest one in the room. So I love that. Well, and, you know, it's... It- one of the things, like you, I, I, I do a podcast, and um, one of the things that I've learned from listening to leaders that is a foundational truth of leadership that I've discovered or that I think is so important is every leader needs to have soulful curiosity. Where we don't come with an answer, we ask questions, and not, not just any question, we ask the right questions. And I think today leadership is about that soulful curiosity that says, I'm going to look for intersection of ideas. I'm going to seek out diversity of thought mm-hmm. so that I can be challenged because we'll come to a much more robust conclusion. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and you started talking about, you know, something that you've learned about leadership. So my next question is, what are the top five leadership lessons that you believe drive the strongest team culture and and results? What are they? Ah, this, this is such a great question and super hard to answer because you could say, well, there's, you know, there's lots of work around the like five dysfunction of a team and all these different things, but I'm going to give, I think, hopefully this will sound coherent. So I, I think there are there are many foundational truths to leadership, but I'm gonna I'm gonna articulate three of them that will help that I think helps promote to great performance and teamwork. Number one is as a leader, you have to live your values. And so you ask that great question. It's one thing to list your values, but if you can live your values in every situation, people crave consistency. They want to know how you're gonna react in any situation so that they can recognize there's some consistency in who you are. So 
I think number one is you've got to live your values. Number two, and I think this is so important today, is that belonging matters. You know, everyone um, in the pandemic has taught us in a world where we become much more isolated, we're craving um, belonging. We want to be part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And I often think organizations today where we're, where I think we're trying to create like a speak up culture, we're, we're trying to raise our inclusion and diversity. I actually think what underlies all of that is belonging. Because if I feel like I belong somewhere, I speak up. Um, and I think what we have to do is rec- help people recognize belonging doesn't mean everyone looks the same as me. Belonging is that I feel like I have a place, I have a voice, regardless of the environment because of the purpose that we're connected to. And so that, for me, that's why I say belonging matters. The third one is soulful curiosity. And then if I had to add two more around what makes great teamwork um, would be a really strong, compelling vision so that there's clarity on what we're trying to achieve. And then the fifth one would be that leader's ability to coach individuals as they're trying to achieve that vision together. So there's clarity around roles and there's coaching and there's feedback. Um, so those are my, those are my five and probably maybe a little bit more long-winded answer than you anticipated. No, it was, that was great, Spencer. And I'm so aligned to everything that you just said. Um, I mean, especially what, there's a lot of things that stand out about what you just said, you know, the living your values, not just knowing your values, but living your values. You talked about the belonging that is really, I think the foundation of what you said, when we're really looking to drive greater levels of inclusion and diversity in organizations. I agree it's because people want to feel like they're connected and they belong to something, like you said, special, but gosh, there's, so many great things that you said. Um, I absolutely love it. So what, Spencer, what do you think gets in the way of leaders living into these, um, these leadership lessons? What, what do you think gets in the way? Uh, so I love your question. In fact, um, on a, on a, the great thing I love about podcasts and you're probably the same is like, you meet so many great people when you do this. Um, absolutely. I, I, I recently had somebody on my podcast named Charity Lighten, and she says she loves to talk about when resistance comes. And she goes, we don't oftentimes talk about, we can say all these things that you're supposed to do in theory, but when it gets hard, we don't plan for when it gets hard. And so I think that's one of the things why it gets hard to do this stuff is we don't practice it enough or we don't pause and reflect enough to say, wait a minute, I'm in this massive crunch in work right now. The demands are piling on me my boss is like totally upset or getting on me. And what, what we don't do is we don't pause and say, wait a minute, am I living into my values? Have I created a place? And I think the more that we can stop and ask ourselves critical, soulful curiosity questions that say, am I doing what I've said I want to do? And am I seeking input from people that could tell me? And so uh, that would be, I think, some of the biggest reasons why we don't do it. A, we don't pause and reflect. We don't seek feedback enough. And then we don't like refine our actions. We keep doing the same things. And really, I think leadership is also about, um, and my, my last podcast was on this. It was about reflect, getting feedback, but then the refining of it to say, what am I going to do different that aligns to who I'm trying to become? And I think if the pandemic has ever taught us something today about leadership is what we used to do is no longer what we need to do to move forward. Absolutely. And and so I think there's 
that is, if I were to articulate why I think that's so important and how we can change and, and, and hopefully apply the theory and the things we're trying to do in the heat of the moment, is if we could apply those concepts, I think we'd be much better or more effective in the way that we lead. So I want to build on that a little bit because, um, you know, what I hear you saying, and I absolutely agree, it's taking that time to pause because we're all, I think, in, in typically in execution mode. I mean, we're all trying to get things done, trying to get through our day, trying to get to the next thing. And so we're typically in automatic, you know, automatic pilot per se. So how do you, how have you found, how have you found it's helpful to get people to take that pause? Like, what does it take for them to stop and get out of automatic pilot and think about, you know, if what, if what I'm doing truly aligned to my values, like in a practical way, what's a practical way for people to do that? You know, I, it's, it's a great question. I, I'll, I'll give you an example. So with my leadership team, like we've got, you know, like any leadership team, you're like, we got a million things we could be doing right now, but we take the first 15 minutes of every meeting and we ground ourselves on our learning leadership thought of the week, where we take that moment to pause and have a discussion around like, you know, the other day it was around change and the change curve that people go through. And are we leading through that? Are we coaching through that? And so when you model that to say, there's a hundred things we could talk about, but we're first going to talk about how us as leaders are coaching through change and where we can get better um, is it for me is incredibly helpful to be able to all, you know, when you have that peer discussion, you, it causes you to think, Oh my gosh, I am missing what you just said. I'm not doing. And, and I need to start to do that better. So I think, I think it's one where you're um, you're modeling it on a consistent basis where you're saying I'm pausing as a team and I want you to do that with your team, right? Like my, my always expectation, if we're doing this, you're going to do that with your team. And there becomes a ripple effect. Great. Yeah, I love that. Modeling what you expect of others. And, and just, and I get, like what you said, you make that the first thing you do in your meetings, because that's showing that it's important. Because if you leave it until the end, it may not happen because never you want it. done. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll do it next time. We'll do it next time. And it never exactly. gets done. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, also think of us, you said, you know, that you like to model what I would like to say what good looks like and what you expect of your leaders. Of those five leadership lessons that you talked about, which ones do you find to be easiest to execute against? And what do you find to be the most challenging, Spencer? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, and maybe easy is not, I wouldn't use the word easy because I think all of it is it's always there. But I think the one that living my values, I think becomes the one that I'm the most vigilant at, because I've been so intentional at over the years, and I constantly am reflecting on that. Um, I, the other one I would also say is probably the most fun. I love rallying around a vision. I love creating a compelling vision. I love energy that comes comes from that. And so I think, for me, that is another one that I just am like, Oh, I can do that all day. I love it. Um, I think if I were to say today, what is the most challenging? I think the belonging matters one I'm finding is so important because of, of everything that's happening today, the pandemic. I, I recently heard um, Sadanshu Pashul, who is this amazing thought partner. He lives in Cambridge over in the UK. He says, never in the history, we, you know, we're wired as human beings to solve crises, but they last a short time. But we're actually now in this 
long, this, you know, really long crisis where we haven't, we haven't trained to do that. We haven't done it. And so we're entering this new leadership realm of, wow, it's, we're over 14 months in a pandemic. We're not wired to do this. Mm -hmm. And so what it, what it's creating, I think is this, am I bringing people along? Am I ensuring that people, instead of me pace setting and trying to just survive the crisis, have I given people belonging and do they feel like what they're doing matter and their voice is being heard? And that requires not just discipline by me, but discipline for everybody in the team, because it's something I think that gets measured every day. Um, because we're in this such a unique environment where belonging, it's almost, you know, it can go up and down so quickly today because of just all the things that can happen, a death in the family or a child come home sick or, you know, what, I mean, the list could go on. And so I think that one for me is the one where I think I'm, I'm trying to spend the most time both myself and with my leaders and in, in our organization and how, how I'm just saying you, you can't put that one on autopilot. That one has to be looked at, I feel like, on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the most challenging ones right now, because like you said, we are in the pandemic, you know, some real world things that have occurred, especially for people who work in a home office. You know, when you went into your home office, you could chit chat with someone while you're getting a cup of coffee or, you know, walk with someone to get lunch, you know, sit down, have a meal together. That's gone away. And those are the really, those are the little moments that really help someone feel like they belong. And so you have to be much more purposeful and intentional about creating that time and space, but you also have to balance the fact that so many people burned out on being on Zoom, Teams, whatever it is. And I've heard that from a lot of leaders that they're really having a challenge there because they want to have, say, these happy hours, but then I'm like, but then do I really want to do that? Because then they have to spend extra time on, you know, Teams or Zoom. So it's, it's, it's definitely challenging. One thing I've been trying to do and have been doing is every one of my meetings that I have the honor to lead, I have like some sort of little team building, I would just say like icebreaker question, just to get everyone relaxed and just even five or 10 minutes. And that seems to be working really well. And, but, you know, you do have to be really intentional about it um, because it's so hard right now. It really, really is. I couldn't agree more with you. And I think, I think one of the things that we, to your point, is like, how do you, how do you create human connection Mm -hmm. and human meaning? And I think the thing that we're finding, if we don't do that at work, people are going to go get it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And and today, when they're working from home, you can see what almost like the dichotomy and the challenge that brings if they're not fine at work and they're already at home and they're going to go find it, engagement goes down, efficiency goes down. And so I think part of the art of leadership today is what you've just described is moments of connection that draws you in to say, oh my gosh, I love these calls you know, with Jackie, she just pulls out the energy in us. And I feel part of it, I think is um, becoming a real skill that is necessary for every leader at every level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of fun, we're going to actually transition right now to a couple of fun questions that I'm going to ask you, Spencer. And I just want you to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Oh, I've, this sounds fun. I'm ready. Okay. 
What is your all-time favorite song? And I might ask you to sing one, 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 one verse. What is your all-time favorite song? Oh, uh, Sweet Caroline or Billie Jean. Oh, okay. Are you willing to sing a little? Listen, you don't want me to sing. I, I mean, <laughs> literally, okay. like, I think I'm good at a lot of things, but... I've been told singing is not one of them. Okay. Awesome. What about what food could you never give up? Ooh. Um, what food could I never give up? Uh, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes with gravy or just uh, mashed uh, no. potatoes? Garlic and cheese, mashed potatoes. Like, come on, those, yeah, those are really good. Oh, wow. You can come over to my house. I'll make them for you. It'll change your life. Okay. That sounds really good. All right. And then what TV show? Have you binge watch over the, you know, this pandemic? A lot of people have started to binge watch a number of different TV shows. What have you watched? Yeah. So my wife will totally make fun of me. Um, I watched Heartland. Okay. It's, I've heard of um, that. Yeah. It's a Canadian show about family, horses. Look, it's got everything. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll, you know, you'll say, this is what family values are all about. However, no one else in my family has appreciated it or watched it with me. So I kind of went solo on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> You're fun. Well, we're going to wrap up, Spencer. And I just have a couple of questions to close out um, our session. So one is, um, what do you do to stay motivated? How do you keep yourself motivated as a leader? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, so I think the, the, you know, almost going back to the very beginning of the call, is I think I'm anchored in purpose. And I've spent a lot of time in, I think, designing that and, and refining it. But then I think there's also this concept around what you know, you're talking about, like personal energy, all of us have personal energy, and how do we increase our energy to, to stay motivated? And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, Scott O'Neill, he's the CEO of the 76ers and has been on my podcast. He's about to release this book. It's called Be Where Your Feet Are. And he talks about every day, you know, you've got to do something for mind, body, soul, right? And, and getting into a rhythm and a habit of maintaining and increasing your personal energy is so important. And so like for me, I do something that every day aligns my values, right? Like I get up in the morning and I work out, like I'm a serious cyclist, but I connect, I read in the morning. I, you know, I do something that helps me grow. And then at the end of the day, like I try to reflect and say, okay, what went well? And did I live my purpose? And for me, when you do that on repeat and you're investing time in other people, I'm like, that's, you know, for me, that's where I get my energy from and, and why I do what I do. You know, I, I, you know, you, like you said, I've had the pleasure of interviewing several guests and that comes up almost every time about it. I, what I really hear you saying is that self-care is taking care of yourself so that you have more to give to others. So it, it's so true. And because, and, and I think, you know, and I know you are like a runner and you, and you love to work out and, and there is something, there was um, a, this individual I heard one time in Stockholm, Sweden, and he talked about like the power of energy. It was this incredible, like um, almost for me, this in the moment where he talked about the power of sleep and the, the power of like positive eating and then the power of body movement. And the studies that went alongside that to say, if you're trying to increase your capacity and your effectiveness, he's like, that's how you do it. And then the other thing, so the other thing I would add to that is I'm also such a fan of people connections. 
Mm. So ensuring like being really intentional in who you are investing time with and who you're learning from is I, that's another place where I get so much energy. And, you know, it's why I love having conversations like this with you is it helps you say, oh my gosh, I feel so good after that, or I feel so inspired, or I learned this. And you get that by, I think, just exposing yourself to different people all around the world that you could learn from and then, you know, try and do something different from. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I know every time I have the honor of interviewing someone like yourself on these podcasts, I, I leave the podcast so energized. It's so awesome. I love it. So a couple of questions, final questions to close out, Spencer, what is your favorite quote and why? So you're going to get for me, like, there's no way I would have a favorite quote. Cause I'm like, there's so many out there. <laughs> but, but one of your favorite quotes, how about that? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you two. Sorry. I'm just going to cheat. Okay. One, no, no worries. When I was over in England, um, I, I did a little bit of research on Winston Churchill okay. uh, and just, he was this super cool leader and very, I think, transcendental in over in England. One of the quotes that he says that I really liked, he goes, Mountaintops inspire leaders, but valleys mature them. And I love that quote because, you know, sometimes we think as leaders, like the big shiny, like, oh my gosh, how did they become a CEO? But the reality is every story, there's a valley and everyone will say, I grew the most when it was hard. And so, Absolutely. It, so I love that quote. And then the other one is by Stephen Covey. I mentioned at the beginning, like, First seek to understand, then to be understood. And I just feel like today, understanding, like, we need to first seek to understand people before we try to prove a point or to be heard. And I think if we could just do more of that, um, the world would be a better place. Awesome. Well, Spencer, you know, do you have any final comments um, that you would like to share with the listeners? And also, why don't you share with them your podcast? So if they want to take a listen, share with them your podcast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, you're going to be on it soon. So um, but the, the podcast is small things make a big difference. And like you said, it's a, a leadership insight podcast where we interview leaders all over the world and, and have them share just what they've done to be super effective. And, you know, so I think maybe the thing I would share for me, one of the things that I've learned or the things that I try to do is just to recognize that every individual is amazing for some reason. And I think part of leadership is about we, we don't get to decide what they're amazing about, but we can pull it out and we can help them recognize their inner greatness and why they're amazing. And then more importantly, as they develop that amazingness, how it helps other people. And so for me, that's part of also, I think the purpose of leadership. And if we can continue to do that and look at people in and help them discover that it just, you know, that's, I think that's, you know, that's why we do what we do as leaders. That's so awesome, Zinter. Well, I want to say thank you so much for taking time to be on my podcast. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed catching up with you, hearing your leadership lessons, and it's very clear that you're a phenomenal leader. So, Spencer, thank you so much, so much for taking time to be on the podcast, and um, enjoy the rest of your your day. The pleasure has been mine, and thank you for doing this. Right, you are making the world a better place. So, keep going, my friend. Okay, thank you, Spencer. Mm-hmm.